The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, total financial. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. My name is Eric Halby. Good morning. The Total Financial Hour on AM870 The Answer, brought to you by Total Financial Solutions and TFS Financial Insurance Services. And as I mentioned, my name is Arif Halaby. Let me give you the phone number. We'll start the morning off with that. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. I've got to remember that. It's so hard when you you have so many numbers. You guys remember when you were younger, all of the phone numbers for your mom, your dad, your home number, even at the beginning of cell phone land, all of them were numbers, not names, right? We would have to remember the phone number. Now you just touch mom, office sister, brother, your your spouse, right? All of a sudden, you have this program uh, in your life where numbers are not uh, remembered like they used to. And now you're stuck having to, uh, you know, what about an emergency? So maybe you should write stuff down. I don't know. Maybe you have an emergency list or something. I don't know. Okay, look, we're, we're going to be talking about pensions. Many of you are receiving pensions. There's a difference between public and private pension. I want to get into that a little bit as well. A public pension, think of it this way. Do you work for an entity that receives taxpayer money directly, meaning city, state, county, school district, water and power district, those types of things? You'll know it. School school districts would be uh, any kind of uh, public school district, not a private one. So sometimes people have private pensions or maybe other types of uh, plans that are done through private schools, not included when I say a public pension. Okay, private pensions would be everything else. The airlines, the uh, factories, union pensions, private schools, anything to do with the private sector. Because there's a different program to protect or even insure, if you will, these particular accounts. Okay, so let's talk about this. The PBGC stands for Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. The Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. It's actually a U.S. government agency. But consider it like an insurance company, for lack of a better word. Most of us will understand that. So what do I mean by that is this. When you are a, a working for an entity, for every dollar that you are guaranteed in a pension, certain amount of dollars are sent back to the, uh, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. Meaning, look, you might pay $400 a month to insure an automobile that's worth $50,000. Now, that the insurance company knows that many, many of you are going to put your $400 a month in before one of you needs a new car or gets hurt and has to have medical care. Well, that's the same thing in the sense that the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, from a simplistic standpoint, is an insurance company that protects your pension. So every employer that's a part of the PBGC submits, I don't know, I'm going to make up a number. For every 
$100 you receive, they take $1. So they tell the employer, okay, you want Arif to receive $500 a month in a pension, send us $5 a year to protect that. Okay. And they might say, listen, we're willing to insure a certain amount. But some of these pensions are four, five, six, seven thousand dollars a month or more in guarantees. So the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation says, well, we'll look, we're going to insure you up to a certain amount. So let's say the maximum might be three thousand dollars. Right? Maybe that's the most. And if the maximum guaranteed table or, or maximum amount that you would look at is going to give you, well, it depends on your age, right? But if you're 65 years old, it might be the maximum would be 5800 a month. That's the current numbers. So if you have a pension that's greater than that, then chances are pretty good you're not going to receive it. But here's the trade-off, guys. Here's the important part. Your employer didn't buy 5800. I know your pension is 5800, but your employer may have purchased $2900 worth of insurance. So you might think, "Oh, well, you know, I have a guaranteed pension and on and on. The truth is your employer may enter bankruptcy and at the end you find out, wait a second, I'm only insured up to half or less. We had a TWA, Transworld Airlines employee, in recently and his pension was $700 a month. And I said, wow, how long did you work there? He said, well, Eric, that's not my original pension, but when TWA filed bankruptcy... And they took my pension with them. Thank you, Carl Icahn. He did so because they stripped the pension. The pension is an asset of the company. So when you sell off the assets or you take the pension, right? The, if you're, quote, the owner or the shareholder, sorry, pensioners. So Carl Icahn was less than friendly on that score. Ask George Soros. He's just as bad. They go in and they raid companies and they do it maybe not even for the products, or the services that are offered, but because the pension plan is so rich. And then as long as they bought a certain amount of insurance, good luck, here you go. So if you have a pension plan that has a guarantee through the PBGC, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, contact them and say, how much am I insured for? And maybe it's 100%. It depends on where your pension lines up. But let me tell you... What I've seen, it's never what you think. <laughs> it's never been 100%. It's never been the amount that you would think is uh, worth, I, got, I don't know, replacing. All right, 65 years old, it's 5,800 is the max. For a spouse, for a survivor, the maximum is 5,200. What do I expect it to be? It's probably, I don't know, realistically, what have I seen? It's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of about a third of that. 2,000, I think the most I've ever seen. It's probably 2,800 maybe. Somewhere around there, 2,800 a month. That's if you're 65 today. If you were 65 years ago, they couldn't buy that insurance. It wasn't even possible. So the PBGC exists. Make sure your employer's a part of it. If they are, then you receive money too. And if not, then you might just be subject to getting one payment and off it goes. So this is important. You know this because a lot of the grocery store pensions, remember that when they were having problems, went through some issues. A lot of other pension systems 
they'll come to you like United Airlines and they say, hey, by the way, we're going to go to the court. We're going to ask the judge to decide how much you should receive. Or we can go to the court and tell the judge, we came up with an agreement. And this agreement that we came up with, uh, for example, one of our pilot clients was over 10,000 a month in pension. He'd worked for United Airlines for a very long time. And they came to him and said, we're going to give you about 4,000 a month. So that means for two years, because he was retired for two years, he was earning 10,000 a month. The very next month, 4,000. And when the pilots union had to vote for it, it's kind of like you're voting for your own death. You know, a slow death, a long, fast death. Well, what is it that I'm, I'm voting for? Now, if you understand that you can save money, build your own assets, protect your own wealth, don't just count on one source of income. We've said that for years, right? I don't know, coming up on 16 years on the radio. And over that period of time, I've told you on and on, three, four, five sources of income. The more, the better. I'm happier when you have more sources of income because I think what you need to do is have multiple risk adjustments, right? So if you say, I want real estate, then you find a real estate expert. Oh, I want an expert in, in uh, the stock market. Fine. You, you find the best, least expensive stock market uh, person to give you that kind of risk, right? The, the brokers in different worlds have different expertise. I don't want you to think that everything has to come from one source, all right? So what happens when somebody is disabled? What are the benefits for disabled participants? Well, first of all, your plan has to provide a disability pension and disability uh, uh, payments. If they do, then they can insure it. But if you retired with a plan disability benefit, and it can convert to a non-disability benefit. So for a lot of people, they have a disability. Let's say they get disabled at age 50. Then at age 65, it automatically flips to the what, what we would say is a regular pension. So you want to know this because if you are expecting certain amounts of dollars to come in and you get long-term debt in retirement, whether you buy an RV, a vacation home, right? We just had uh, to try, try to buy an RV today. They're talking over and over about the uh, recreational vehicles that are out there. Good luck trying to find one that's a reasonable price. They said that that has become the vacation of choice for many Americans. And between bicycles being sold out at bicycle stores, weight sets being sold out at uh, sporting goods stores, and for the the higher-end wealth and desirable uh, for the world of RVing, try to go buy an RV. And a client came in the other day, he said, Eric, this is exactly what we're doing. I'm like, wow, it came directly out of the book. He and his wife, they own a small business. They like to travel. Now they just bought an RV. I said, okay, so it's about a thousand a month. And he looked at me, he said, it's a lot more than that, Eric. Now he has the land to park it, but you might be part of an HOA association that doesn't allow you to park that on the side of your home or in your driveway. You might be part of a, a, a living scenario that just doesn't have the space. So now you're adding four or $500 a month space rent. So ask yourself between the insurance, the space rent, the monthly payment, if this is your new vacation and nothing wrong with it if it is, and you're going to carry that payment and all of those bills through retirement, you better make sure that you have a income source through retirement to offset and to protect and to give you a chance to have multiple sources of income so that if something happens, you don't have to give up or sell the RV 
or move or sell the nice car that you've always wanted and you finally got in retirement. Okay, so these real life consequences without having that protection and security. Look, what is our job in this world uh, of financial stuff? Well, first of all, it's to protect your principal, to get reasonable rates of return over time, to never go backwards when the market goes backwards, to grow when the market grows, or at least have a good chance of making pretty good interest if the market goes up. Well, great, I want you to earn some interest. What I don't want you to do anywhere with us or anybody is expect or, or think you're going to earn 10 or 12% rates of return every year forever. That just, that's just not going to happen. But let me tell you, 25 years ago when I started in the financial world, I guess 24 and a half years ago, they told me, in other words, my bosses told me to tell you 12% return was what you could expect in your stock market portfolio. And bond, well, that was eight. Oh, 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 were you trying to get a money market? Money market was five or six. Savings account at a bank or a credit union, three and a half, four. Checking account, one or 2%. Ask any financial professional or anybody that was involved in that. And those were the rates that we built financial futures on. It was 12, eight, six, right? Can you imagine getting 6% in a money market today? <laughs> that would be great. Not, not going to happen. So if you built your entire financial life on that, and then we have a, another pandemic or we have a, a crash in the stock market or we have a real estate bubble or the internet bubble, those things, surprise, what do you do? Go back to work? Nobody knows you there. Technology has changed. Your boss has retired and moved on. Your coworkers are now your boss. So they're going to start you at minimum wage or maybe a bit more, but certainly not the pay that you were used to making. And after a year or two or three with the technology changes, really you're just a friendly face to have around and a nice person for sure. But other than that, if you run around thinking the government's job is to take care of you, I want you to be in for a rude awakening. Nobody, nobody cares about you like you. Nobody cares about your family like you care about your family. Not any politician on any side of the aisle, not a congressman or woman, not a candidate who's going to promise a chicken in every pot, right? That just doesn't make sense. In fact, it's impossible to do because we have seen how wealthy people have left. 2018, the total people that left the state of California, 1,896 per day, per day. Now, do you think they're the poor people that leave? I mean, I love them, but you think they're the people without any money? No, this is a great place. Seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year in benefits, free. Husband, wife, two kids. That's it. You get seventy-eight grand a year. Isn't that nice? Those estimates include housing and food and free cell phone. All of those things free, 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 free. Thank you, thank you. Somebody pays for that. And when you look at the end of the story, who leaves the state? It's the people that are paying for it. So my, my encouraging uh, moment for you is whether or not you're the first to leave or the last to leave or you're one of the last fighters or the person that's fighting, I want you to have multiple ways to earn income. What do we handle? Fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities. We'll use life insurance. If you have a life insurance policy that you want us to look at, we might be able to help you there. But what you need is multiple sources of revenue that are not impacted by the market. 
Okay? I want that to be clear because the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation sometimes can give you supplements, right? Extra little bumps, but it will never replace what you expect it to be. Just It just can't. Okay, I'm going to give you just a couple of different um, ideas here when it comes to the pension plans. I want you to think multiple sources of income. And remember when I talk about, I just typed in UNI, ready? University of Maryland Medical System. Wow. They are now defaulted and part of the PBGC. How about United Imaging Consultants? How about a company called Union Metal, Defined Benefit uh, Pension Plan? United Way. Wait, wait, wait. You guys know United Way of Greenland? Uh, Greenville? Greenville County? Right? So when you're, when you're thinking about this, this is not just one area. Washington County Farmers Mutual Fire Company. Washington, D.C. Convention and Tourism Corporation. I wonder when that happened. Maybe uh, recently? Some of you might know waste management. They handled our waste uh, recover, uh, management and other things plan for collective bargaining fees. So that is gone. Waste management pension plan for collective bargaining, collectively bargained. Done. Washington Permanente Medical Group. I can go on and on, guys. I want you to realize that a big part of this is for you to realize that some of these plans are insured. Some of these plans might be in default. If you are not sure if your plan is insured, if it isn't insured, if it's in default. In other words, the insurance companies picked it up. Just go to pension, pbgc.gov. Stands for Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. pbgc.gov. And believe it or not, there's a lot of unclaimed pensions out there. So there are some people who had a pension. Maybe they worked for a company when they were in their 20s. And today, you had a little pension and it defaulted. So the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation says, oh, well, we have $286 a day, uh, a month. $286 a month. Okay, you're not going to buy a, you know, a rocket ship for it, but wouldn't it be nice to be able to have, I don't know, multiple extra little sources of income, income right? Part of what I want to look at here is in the state of California, you're going to see a few others. I want to give you those. California Engine Service, California Zip, Bindery Defined Benefit Plan. Southern California Growers Foundation. It's like a farmer's group. Okay, these are a lot. California Hydroforming Corporation. It's a defined benefit plan. So these are companies directly related to California, whether they're individual companies, uh, et cetera. But Pacific Rim, Log Scaling Bureau, right? These are some right here from Southern California. So go on to pbgc.gov. That'll tell you is my pension. One, one is it insured? which is good to know, you might be able to find out for how much. So you're expecting 4000 a month and the pension is guaranteed for 1800 or 2200 Okay, now you can plan accordingly. Because my contention is any pension that's coming from the state of California has a serious issue of filing bankruptcy and default. It's not me saying it. It's the Wall Street Journal. It's Investor's Business Daily. It's the LA Times. It's the New York Times talking about how California pensions are even closer to default than ever before. I used to think it would take two to five years. Today, I don't know, maybe maybe it's something like six months. I don't know. Right? You saw what happened up in, what was it, uh, Mil- Milwaukee? Is that or Minneapolis, St. Paul, wherever it was. And there was all of these, uh, the looters, $500 million. And the state and the government, uh, the governor, 
the mayor, they let everybody huh, run wild, destroy, get out those aggressions. Just don't take it out on me and my family. You can hurt those other people, you know, the ones that work for a living. Go out and take it from them. And then when those clowns decided to uh, destroy $500 million worth of stuff, they turned around to the federal government and they said, President Trump, we need $500 million in emergency aid. I think once he got up off the floor from laughing, he said, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You guys let your own city destroy itself. The good men and women in law enforcement, you, you neutered them and set them to the side and said, you cannot go out and fight. You said, you guys have to sit in the corner instead of, look, when, when there's... When there's the bad guys, right? I don't mean protesters. Protest. That's what it's all about. But don't pull people out of their car. Don't jump on their car. Don't stop their car from going to the doctor or going home to their family. Don't scare people. That's just like robbery, right? You go into a bank. You may not have put a gun to this teller's head, but you did four doors down. And and this teller looks at you and she's scared to death forever. Why is that okay? Right? If I'm six cars behind somebody and I see you guys tormenting the person in front, do you really think there isn't a long-term psychological damage to those just regular citizens with little kids in the car or elderly people? That's why we pay for the police. That's why we pay for first responders is to protect and to save us, to be between us and the bad guys. And when the government officials remove that layer then you will get vigilantism. I'm sorry, I, I wish it, there wasn't, but we saw it. We saw it with that couple after the, the mob broke down the, the gate to their community and started yelling that they were going to burn stuff down and they just went out and he, he got his AR and she got her handgun and they stood on the porch. They said, you're not coming this way. These criminals are so dumb, they actually record themselves committing crimes. They dare you, district attorney, far left district attorney, progressive left, weak district attorneys in these towns, they dare you. So if I'm a small business owner, six years from retirement, what do I do? Do I stay in this town? Right? We have a client that owned fast food restaurants. I think they're somewhere in the neighborhood of, I think it was close to 45 He's left with 27 of them. So he had thousands of employees and he lost 13 plus restaurants. And of those 13 restaurants, you realize they employ people. They provide single mothers with jobs. They give young people a chance to not have massive student loan debt. They give people the opportunity to have pride in work and in ownership. They create the opportunity to pay taxes, sales tax, when you buy a sandwich or, or a salad. And yet what took place is this. The, the city allowed, I'm talking about Los Angeles, by the way, guys. This is in Los Angeles. The city allowed these people to have their businesses destroyed. And in doing so, what took place? He shut down all of those, those stores. He says, I'm close enough to retirement. I'm financially Okay. In fact, I'm probably pretty good. So look, it's the lower income people that made tips and worked hard and had uh, and earned social security benefits, right? Credits towards social security. So when the rioters come, they take the dreams and aspirations away, not just quote from the rich, 
But the poor young folks that work there or the middle-class people that work there or the second part-time job people that work there. If you don't support law enforcement, if you don't think that you need them to stand because they are trained, vigilanteism is not a trained group of people. They are trained. They have resources. They can call the National Guard from their, from their walkie-talkies, right? I mean, they have access to resources you and I don't have. And if you're not going to, to allow them to do their job, folks, I'm sorry, but I think you're going to have a huge problem. You need to protect yourself. This is your financial wealth. When we continue, we're going to expand on multiple sources of income. And I think some things and tricks of the trade, if you will, that a lot of people may not have shared with you. When we come back on the Total Financial Hour, I'm Arif Hallaby. Thanks for staying with me. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. The Total Financial Hour, TFS Financial Insurance Services. We'll be right back. Now Arif has a plan for me, higher income strategy. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Total. Hey, welcome back to the show, the Total Financial Hour. Thanks for staying with me. And if you're just joining us, I'm Arif Hallaby, CEO of Total Financial Solutions, TFS Financial Insurance Services. Uh, look, we've been bringing you radio shows, oh gosh, I don't know, like a 15, 16 years. I guess this December will be 16 years, something like that. And we have done that uh, where the concept of giving you ideas, I, w- I want to make this clear. Somebody brought this up to me over the weekend, last weekend, and said uh, about the radio show. And I said, look, first of all, whenever ideas are brought out on radio or TV, podcasts, it's never for you to take 100% of that information and say, this is what I'm going to do for me. I, I mean, you understand, I didn't meet you. Your financial tolerance, risk tolerance, the desire for you to have some or part of your money safe, uh, you're going to inherit you know, $50 million, so you want to take a lot of risk with your money. There's a whole host of reasons why you want to meet with a financial professional that meets and fits your ideas, your goals. Don't ever think that it's – if somebody says something on television and you know, and he hits a button and then throws something or she's a very flamboyant lady and, and she – calls somebody else a name or, or puts them down or whatever they do, they're not referring to you exactly because they've not spoken with you. They've not met with you, not reviewed your financial status. So just be aware that the idea and the concept uh, concepts that we're sharing, it's to trigger you to think. It's to have you research a little bit more. It's to say, wow, that person's philosophy is in line with mine. Maybe I can meet and speak with them. That's perfect. That's what it's used for. Right, The idea that you would put in the stock market money that you need to put on a new roof on the house next, next year or because you're going to pay cash for a car in six months, that's not the purpose of the market. Right? It, it's, for many of you, it's very similar to gambling. You don't understand the whole system, but you like the energy. You don't understand all the details behind the scenes, but it's exciting and interesting. You take one class or two classes and you think you're an expert. And here's the worst of all. You've made money and you actually think you had something to do with you making money. Right? No different than I walk up to a a roulette table and I put money down on uh, red and it wins. Do I walk around and go, "Ah, 
Do you see how good I am? I have a system. I know exactly what to do. I am that guy, right? It's no different than if you bought stock X or mutual fund Y and it goes up that you go, "Ah, ladies, get behind me. I am the man. You wouldn't do that. You don't know any different. So be very careful when you take your family's life savings that you're going to need at a particular date and time, because even if you've done your research, even if everything is in line, even if you are one of those, quote, experts, you can't control when a pandemic is going to hit or when a stock market crash or a a national or international incident is going to occur and it's going to drive the market down right at the time you need it. These are things that you've got to be very careful. That's why I say not putting all of your money in one place is a very important part. You want to play with some, right? I don't say not, don't ever go to Las Vegas. I, I think it's a great place if you want to enjoy that lifestyle. That's, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying don't take your mortgage payment or your car uh, payment and put it down on red or number 37 or blackjack. You don't do that because that is your life savings. That is That money has a job to do. Are you clear with that? Because buying stock is very easy. Selling and making money is different. There's all sorts of emotions involved, right? Some of the the wealthiest traders, investors, whatever you want to call it, are not emotional about it, right? The $20 in your pocket or your purse, that has a job. What? Lunch today, dinner tomorrow. That's its job. The money that's sitting in your account, the $15,000 for the new roof on your home, well, okay, well, that's got a job to do. Your retirement account that's sitting in the market has a job to do. And it should be giving you a monthly source of income, replacing your, your earned income, replacing your efforts. And when that takes place, when that effort is replaced by your money making money for you, now I'm a happy guy because whether or not you choose to get up early, fight traffic, sit in the car, change, work remotely on the 1st or 10th or 15th, whatever it is of every month, here comes another money. Here comes another check, direct deposit, or however you choose to do it. Once a year, however you want to do it. But the point is, it's coming in whether you like it or not, whether you did something or not. Why? Because you already did the work. You see, you spent your whole life earning this money. You trained for the marathon. You've been running the marathon. You've trained for the fight. You've run for the fight. You've gotten there, you've done the work, you've, you've passed the finish line. It's over. You ran through the finish line. You've crossed it. Why are you still running? Right? You're 64 years old, 59 years old, 82 years You've made the money. It's over. Stop that kind of effort. Because it doesn't work. You don't have time anymore, right? That's the one thing that... They always say youth is wasted on the young, except there's a country song that says, I don't think youth is wasted on the young. I'm not sure where I fall on that, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, youth is a lot of fun. When you have responsibilities, life is different, right? It stops being about you. The moment my first child was born, it was a life-changing event for me. And everybody said it would be, you know, my wife was pregnant. I thought she was the prettiest lady in the world pregnant. And she, of course, was self-conscious. I thought she was so adorable, and, and here we are with a the, with the baby coming around the corner any minute now. But nothing can prepare you for the birth of your first child. Nothing. It, it's, it was life-changing. 
And in that process for me, guys, it was no longer about me. In fact, it was funny. My wife and I, uh, I don't know what it was, a month maybe or two after our son was born, we said, what did we used to think was important? Like, what did we do? What, what was it interesting? What was important before? I just still remember 25 years later thinking that, like, what was important before? Well, now you are retired. And now this is your life savings. Or you're going to be retiring in five years or 10 years. And you're saying, I've made a lot. The market's at near all-time highs. My, my account is near all-time highs. I want to take half of that and move that to safety. I'm willing to risk some. And I want to protect some. Okay, well, that's an honest and a fair approach. There's nothing wrong with that. Any financial professional, anyone who says, I have to have all of your money or I want none of it. The next words out of your mouth when that person says that, say, how do you pronounce your last name again? And they'll look at you and they'll tell you. And you say, listen, I I can read that little sign there. My point is, I don't even know your last name well. And you want my entire life savings? Right? You're, You're 31 years old. You want my entire life savings? I've been working longer than you were alive, right? I've been retired longer than you've been out of college. So, so what is it that, where are you the expert and why are you still working if you're supposed to be rich? If your philosophy can make me rich, right? My job is to never make you rich. Let's be clear about that. My job is not to make you wealthy at all. I can't do it. I won't do it. In fact, I don't think any financial professional can do it. Maybe some, I just don't know of any. So then Arif, what is your job? It's very simple. My job is to keep you from being broke. To keep you from being broke is a very important component. Your skill set, the career path you chose. And Warren Buffett says your spouse, your financial habits, those things control your wealth. You building your wealth up is controlled by the areas, by the groups of people that you surround yourself with, by, the, by who you call friend, by the way you spend money, by all of those things that you do, that's done very simply because you have decided and created a way to live. And your financial habits, right? Okay, great. Now you've built your wealth. Now it's time for us and others to work very closely in that world and assist you in becoming financially secure in the future? I always ask this. It's funny. I speak to a group of young people. uh, And then uh, what I like is mixed audiences because here's what I'll do. I'll say, if you have a choice for a million dollars in cash right now or 10,000 a month the rest of your life. Okay. Think about that. All right. Now raise your hand if you think a million dollars in cash. And you'll almost always see the million uh, uh, question. You'll see young people because their level of risk tolerance they go, ah, if I lose it, I can start over again. doesn't matter. Even though 10000 a month when you're 30 years old is going to be awesome the rest of your life. It's going to grow to a substantial amount. But the seniors, the 50, 60, 70, they have wisdom. And they'll sit in a room and go, well, let's think about this. You mean I can be anywhere in the world? I can do anything? I can say anything? And on the first of next month, poof, another 10000 comes into my bank account? I actually like that idea. Even though financially the math works better for the young people because it's 10000 a month and they're going to live hopefully a long time, by the time you do it, it, the math breaks it down. I share this with you because it's not just the concept of wisdom. It's the concept of risk tolerance. 
we have had we had a 70 something year old lady who came to me and she said Arif, i need to make sure that no matter what i have an account that i can trade i get up early to see what's happening in europe i go to sleep late because i like to see what's happening in china and, and japanese markets and she was talking about things that i've either never heard of or haven't learned of since school the problem was she was making mistakes and she was losing so her son brought me in and said, hey, is there something you can do to help mom with some or part of her money? I don't know if, the, if it works for you or not. Let's see what we can do. So we were able to do it. And she said, all I want is, so, so her son came along and said, how about $50,000? Are you okay with $50,000, mom? You can play with it, do what you want, create your own uh, system of uh, buys and sells and follow this and follow. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. 50000 I can do that. All right. Well, there you go. That gives her the opportunity to have freedom, control, involvement, and the mental, um, you know, the mental involvement that we all want. Because if you're going to invest in the market, you have to plan for the long haul. The problem is we just don't know how long the long haul is, right? I mean, it could be took five years. If you put money in at the top of 2000, in March of 2000, I don't know. What did it take? 20 years, 25 years for you to make any substantial money? 20 years, I guess. Right about now or, or maybe you know, January, February of 2020 before you made all that money back and you would have earned more than you would have had in just a straight fixed indexed annuity. In other words, whatever the market returns are, you just have to know that you can absorb that. Something else, try ignoring the news. You have to ignore the news. If this is an account that's for 20, 30, 40 years from now, you're not going to touch it. Up, down, up, down. Well, then that amount you should probably have in the market. You always meet with a financial professional. You ask, you discuss. You want somebody who's an expert in this area. Not somebody who says, I do this sometimes and I do that sometimes. And sometimes I fix your brakes. Sometimes I do your transmission. You don't want somebody who... Sometimes does your windshield wipers. And by the way, can you fix my brakes? I'm heading over the, the top of the grapevine or, or, you know, the Rockies of Colorado. So did you say you fix brakes? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't want that person to do the brakes on my car. You know what I want? I want the, the guy or lady that fixes brakes on my make, my model every day. Eh, I'll take every other day. That's why you might work directly with the dealership. I mean, not always, right? But I want you to look at somebody and say, how are you going to create multiple sources of expertise and advice so that in your world, you can have many, many other people sit around? And you say, you're the expert in risk. I want my living trust attorney to be here. I want my CPA to be here. You are reaching out. And yeah, it stinks sometimes because you have to be the hub of the, of the spokes, right? Of the wheel. So you're going to bring in those experts. Here's something else I think that's pretty important. Some of the budget how-tos in retirement. Eliminate some of the things you don't need. Right? You might have wanted or needed certain types of yeah, car insurance. But now your car is well past its prime. You don't owe any money on it. It's 16 years old. Have you thought twice about maybe just not having replacement coverage on it? Right? Speak with your auto insurance experts for comprehensive and collision. Maybe you could save money there. And if you're not driving to work every day, 
have them reduce the miles. You might just be able to save money on the miles because before they had you driving 12,000 miles a year. Now you're probably driving 5,000 miles a year. These are little things that can save you money each and every month. Look at your cable bill. Take a look at some of the services that you sign up for. Here's one of the biggest risks that you and I have is that those auto shipment things, when you buy something and it's auto shipped, auto shipped, auto shipped, and they just keep dinging your credit card for $29 a month or $19 a month, you have to look at those and say, am I using that product or service? Because there's a, there's a benefit for a gym to charge you $14 a month. I won't say the name of the gym, but that was their big thing. $14 a month. They knew that in order to make a living, they're going to have to sell, I don't know the number, let's say 15,000 memberships at $14 a month. That's how they pay their bills, pay their staff, make a profit. Now, if 15,000 people a day came into the gym, it would be overrun. It'd be worthless. So here's what happens. They still sell 15,000 memberships because they know that it's, oh, it's only $14. It's only $9.99. Look, I'm not going to cancel it because what if next week, next month, I'm going to the gym next month. And you know what? I have that little thing on my key fob. And when I put it down or when I carry it, it makes me look like I'm feeling like I'm looking like. And that's the gym. Right? You can be a member. When I was in the police academy, we had one of the sergeants of the uh, training division who used to wear those uh, track outfits, you know, those ones that made noise, nylon or whatever it was, uh, track outfits. He was extremely out of shape. He couldn't run with us. He was probably, eh, I'm going to give it a give or take, 60 pounds overweight. But man, did he look, he had a different track suit every day, probably two weeks worth. And he looked good. He had the tennis shoes that had the brand name on it. He came out, he was a nice guy, for sure a nice guy. But just because he had the track suit on didn't mean he was an athlete. Just because you might carry the gym membership on your key fob doesn't mean you're going there. Just because you drive a nice car doesn't mean you're financially successful. Just because, just because. You follow me? Because your family's future is built on a couple of things. It's built on reality, not fantasy. Right? The fantasy that you and I have about being and creating and and living a particular way, it's going to require action. So you need to list your monthly expenses in retirement, see what's necessary, see what isn't. And then you're going to, look, you're going to make adjustments along the way. In fact, when you retire, I want you to enjoy life. I want you to spend your money. Give your kids just the house. That's it. <laughs> Give your kids the, the rental property or the apartment building. Give them the stuff that they receive tax-free, like Roth IRAs or life insurance. If you have life insurance in real estate, Roth IRAs and Roth 401k, you realize when you pass that on to your kids they receive that tax-free, right? They get a step-up in basis. It's tax, very, very tax-friendly. So what you and your family need to do is to look at those kind of things and say, I need to spend my money as long, as, as quick as possible, right, in my lifetime. That gives you that ability to have multiple sources of income and feel comfortable and free to spend your own money and to not think, well, 
if I, I uh, pass away, my kids are going to receive a huge tax bill. Right? Because that's what happens. Your kids today have to withdraw everything in 10 years if it's coming from a retirement account. So the way retirement accounts work is they say, give me all of my money from, from my parents' account or from cousin, sister, brother, doesn't matter. And I want it all in 10 years and 10 minutes. Huge, huge issue. Okay, because I don't want you to create a scenario where you are not dollar cost averaging into the account. And the same thing when you take money out is your dollar cost averaging withdrawing your money out of the account. Okay, because as you put money in every two weeks, that's the best way, experts say, to put money into the market. You're not investing money you need. It's going in systematically. You're buying when it's high, when it's low, when it's up, when it's down. And you're doing it consistently over time. And it isn't money that you need tomorrow. It's money that you're not going to ever use or money you're going to use later on in life. But once you get to the place where you say, okay, hey, here's my, uh, here's my, my net worth and it's coming from multiple sources of income, and you say, now I'm willing to sell my positions, right? Whatever that means, you're going to sell or get rid of. Are you not clear that in the world of, I don't know, the world of politics, there is one side who is very clear on taking money from the people that stand between you and the bad guys? They're not addressing the bad guy's behavior. Meaning when all of that occurs, do you not think they're going to do a raid or maybe even attempt to burn down Wall Street or some of the stock exchanges someday? What a coup that would be. Right? These are Marxist people. Their goal is to destroy capitalism. If all of your money is in a capitalist place, then you need to think twice about counting on it the way that you do, maybe. Right? A lot of the companies, the big companies, I want you to to put into your put into your uh, browser brokerage firms that are that have been fined brokerage companies that have been fined in 2020 you don't even have to go back 5 decades or 20 years or forget it brokerage companies that have been fined see if yours is one of those maybe right all sorts of of brokerage companies, and I don't mean the the companies are bad. Sometimes they have bad agents or rogue uh, employees. They do things, they say things they shouldn't be doing. They create a problem and the company has to pay a fine. You check the fees, check the problems that they have, see if it still fits what you're trying to do. And if it does, then keep putting your money there. And if not, then find another home. You know, sometimes uh, as we finish up this hour of the program, sometimes people will come along and say, Eric, I've been with my financial professional for years. And I appreciate that. I think that's great. I love loyalty. I think that's a very important trait. But sometimes the goal is to have somebody to be with somebody for a period of time because that's their expertise. It's to take you to a place, right? Their goal is to put you in a, in a financial scenario where you are ready to, whatever it is, retire at a particular time to be that particular, um, you know, that financial strength. But then all of a sudden, I don't want to say they've outlived their usefulness, but your goal has changed. They are no longer the, the company that you need for this scenario. 
So when and where do you make that decision? Well, first of all, you always you can reach out to us if it works, 888-99-RETIRE. We might tell you, look, there's nothing I can do for you. In fact, I took a couple calls last week and I said, there's nothing we can do for you. I think you're in a great position. Uh, there's nothing that I have as a strength or a place that I can put money in for you. There's no place that makes it better uh, than what you currently have. So stay where you are. Okay. Isn't that nice to have a second opinion where somebody just tells you exactly how it is? Isn't it nice to have a, a position where, I don't know, somebody who just can answer without saying, well, buy this stock. You know, we had this recently where a client came along and said, you know, every time I turned around, the guy kept telling me to sell something and to buy something. And then they looked at the fees and on the brokerage statement, I think it was $35 or something. I don't remember the number per trade, per transaction to buy. This was one price and to sell it was one price. And the company itself had a platform that was available that wouldn't even charge those fees. So I said, well, you're going to have to reach out to them and see if that's something they can do for you. That's not something I will get involved in. But I will tell you, when you finish that conversation with them, if you still trust and want to work with them, fantastic. If you want to make changes, then I'm your guy. You want some or part of your money safe? We can help. You want to get out of the ups and downs of the market? We're there for you. All right? These are important parts to it because my job is safer, protection, interest, principle. It's to do that for you, right? I hope I can help. 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thank you for being with me this hour of the program. We'll see you next week. Reach out all week long at 888-997-3847. You have a wonderful week. On AM 870, The Answer. Power, the total.